Now today it's a different place All the same with a new face With strange mysteries hanging in the air People in their sane minds Swear they see you today Are you looking for the love they took away? Everyone knows that you couldn't buy the pain Ghoul day to every single one of you. Thank you so much for stopping by, making Paranormal Prowlers podcast part of your day. Those tunes, as always, are courtesy of country legend Bobby Mackey. And I'm your host, Tessa Morrow. Today, we find ourselves in beautiful Italy, a place where many of my family members came from. First, we will stop by two haunted palazzos in Venice, then a short 75-mile trip or so to Lucca, Italy. Passport not needed. Access granted. First on my Italia list is that a Palazzo Dario. Down in the barrio makes you want to jump in the cario with your cousin Lario. <laughs> okay, how to do it, sorry. It's out of my system, I promise. So Palazzo Dario, also known as several other names such as Ca Dario, the House of No Return, and the House That Kills. On the front of the palace is an engraving, Urbis Henio Johannes Darius. Many believe it to be an anagram for Subruna Insidious a Genero which means something like whoever stays under this roof will experience insidious ruins or something like that. The house of many names (laughs) is located right on the beautiful Grand Canal in Venice. Its structure is absolutely breathtakingly gorgeous. It's Venetian Gothic style built in the late 1400s. Now, Doing research, I kept bumping into different years, 1479, 1486, and 1487. So around that time, either way, whatever year it was constructed, it's damned old. The Grand Palazzo was made for the secretary to the Venetian Senate and diplomat Giovanni Dario. Unfortunately, Giovanni's time in the Palazzo Dario shortly lived as he dies from natural causes in 1494. After his death, the house (coughs) palace is passed down to his surviving daughter, the beautiful Marietta, along with her husband, Vincenzo Barabaro, whose family actually owned the neighboring Palazzo Barbaro Wilkoff another neat building. For some time, Dario was also used as a residence for Turkish diplomats. Now, Palazzo Dario would stay in the Dario and Barbaro families until the 19th century. The structure is so beautiful, in fact, that it caught the artistic eye of Claude Monet, who would go on to use the Palazzo as inspiration for not one, but a series of four paintings in 1908. 
18 years before lung cancer would claim his life. Neat little fact at Monet's funeral. A simple black cloth was draped across the artist's coffin. At that time, the Prime Minister of France, Georges Clemenceau, takes off the cloth and says, No black for Monet. No black for Monet. And he replaces the black cloth with flower-patterned cloth. He enjoyed working with gorgeous, vibrant colors throughout his life. So I find that pretty appropriate that this happened. And I believe the spirit of Claude Monet would seriously approve. Yes! Now, Palazzo Dario is equipped with several unique and quite rare chimneys, a small handful that are still around today. Dario is believed to be one of the most haunted houses in the world and long since believed heavily by many to be extremely cursed. (gasps) It's often on the market and at an unbelievably terrific price, but who in their right mind would buy a well-known cursed house where many of the owners have gone bankrupt, losing everything, get extremely ill or hurt, or die a premature sudden death. Several deaths are connected to this palace. It seems Giovanni Dario is the only natural cause death. He is the first to die, but he certainly will not be the last. It is said that Giovanni's son-in-law, Marietta's husband, Vincenzo, first goes bankrupt. Then his life is cut short when he is brutally murdered. Vincenzo and Marietta's son, Giocomo, is in the city of Candia and Crete. When he is ambushed by a group of thugs and, like his father, is brutally murdered. Distraught on the loss of her husband and son, Marietta commits suicide, possibly by jumping into the lagoon. And yet another son, Gasparo, he dies at the young age of 18. I could not find out how he passed on, but 18 years old, he was just a baby. Now, in the early 19th century, it sold to Arbit Abdul, a precious stone merchant. Soon after the purchase, he goes bankrupt and he's forced to sell the palace for a measly 480 pounds to an English historian, Radon Brown. Four years later, Radon is forced to sell as he too goes bankrupt. This is around 1842. Now, I noticed in some articles, it does say that Radon Brown commits suicide. That's not the case. I found other things that contradict that. So he did not kill himself. Now afterwards, Henry de Rainier buys the property in which immediately Henry becomes severely ill and is forced to move back to France. In 1963, famed and much-loved opera singer Mario del Monaco was interested in purchasing the Palazzo, and he was actually on his way, driving to a meeting to make things official. Now, he is in a horrific car accident that leaves him severely injured, so much to the point that he's actually in the hospital for almost a year. He loses a kidney. He's just in no shape or form to buy something like a new house. People say his voice was never the same after this horrifying crash. He never did buy the Palazzo Dario. The Count of Turin 
Filippo Giordano de Alans, has been staying at Dario's for some time with his lover, a Croatian sailor named Raul Blasius. Behind the palace walls, something takes place that will leave the Count of Turin dead. Was there a fight? Was he attacked from behind? Did he even see it coming? All we know is that one fateful day in 1970, Lanza's living lover brutally attacks him with either a heavy vase or a statue. Later on, the lover turned murderer, that is Raoul, will meet an equally bloody end as he is murdered in London. In the early 80s, the manager for the band The Who Christopher Lambert, better known as Kit, is believed to have bought the Palazzo. Now, some reports say he dies by falling down the stairs at the Dario, but I see other reports that he actually died in London. So, again, it's just like, where did he die? What really happened? Where was he? Now, Kit was a known drug user. He used them excessively, and it's believed by many he was in a state not of his own when he falls on that fateful day in 1971. Cause of death is a brain hemorrhage. It's reported this was a suicide, but I don't believe that for one second. Suicide by falling down the stairs? I just think it's bullshit. Kind of like the actor Charles Rocket. They claim that he killed himself back in 2005. You might remember him from like Dumb and Dumber. He was like the greedy kidnapper dude. And he was in Hocus Pocus. And I always really liked him as an actor. But yeah, he was found in a field with his throat slit. And it said that if I remember correctly, I read something that his like hands were tied behind his back. Suicide? I think not. That's like, so-and-so was just eaten by a bear. Oh, it must have been suicide. It's like, I don't think so. Kit did not believe in the supposed curse, but oftentimes he would stay at a nearby hotel. And when friends came to visit him, he'd insist on them staying at Hotel Gritti. When asked why, as the palace is big enough to have a small army stay, he would often say things like, so they can escape the ghosts that haunt him in the palace. In the 80s, Fabrizio Ferrari, a Venetian businessman, along with his sister, buy the palace and they move in. Well, shortly afterwards, Nicolette is killed in a horrific car accident. Fabrizio goes bankrupt. He loses everything. And again, in the 80s, yet another victim, Raul Gardini, a financer. He buys the palace with the plan to eventually give this gorgeous place to his daughter. He soon, like so many before him, ran into financial problems. And worse, he was entangled in the infamous Tangentopoli scandal, widespread corruption and bribery in the Italian administrative, business, and political worlds. Even the Sicilian mob was involved, and well over 400 members of the parliament were deeply looked into and investigated. In 1993, the corrupt Gardini commits suicide. In 2000, someone shows interest in buying the palace. Hey, remember that dude who married his stepdaughter? Yeah, 
Woody Allen. He was interested, but he must have done his research when he saw the trail of deaths the Palazzo had left in its wake, and he quickly changes his mind. Smart move, dude. Smart move. In 2002, bass player from, yet again, The Who... John and Twizzle. He rents out the Palazzo for a few days, and less than a week later, he dies from a heart attack. Weird how two dudes involved with the band The Who are connected to Palazzo Dario. Another victim is American millionaire Charles Briggs. Now, at some point, he has the palace. I'm not sure if he was just staying there or renting it or if he bought it, but he's there for a while. And it's soon discovered that he is in a relationship with another man. And he flees to Mexico, where it is said that his lover committed suicide. The house that kills. Look out! Yeah, no joke. Even the locals steer clear from this beautiful palace. Fishermen refuse to fish near the house. In fear, they may be the next victims. The house itself is thought to be an entity. It's alive! And it's believed that within the palace walls are evil spirits who alter the minds of the living vessels that choose to call Palazzo Dario home, if only for a short while. Our next location takes us about eight and a half miles, or for those in the area, 14 kilometers away. Palazzo Cantardini del Zafo. There's a part of the Palazzo known as the House of Souls or the Brothel of Spirits, and it's also referred to as the Casino of the Spirits. It's believed to have been built in the later half of the 15th century. And like Dario, Zafo is one of the first examples of Renaissance architecture structures in Venice. Now, Zafo was once home to Joseph Contarini, a famous cardinal and a patron in the 16th century. The palazzos that are Dario and Zafo, they have many things in common. They're hundreds of years old. They're both believed to be cursed and haunted. And Claude Monet enjoyed painting both of these unique palaces. Now, when it comes to Zafo, satanic worshipping, rituals, and ceremonies have taken place here. Cults and religious sects also come here to invoke spirits and, yes, even demons. (laughs) Believed by many to be a meeting place for restless spirits. One of the better known spirits here is of a famous 16th century painter, a man named Luzo. He would often meet up with fellow painters Tiziani Vesile and Giorgione Barbarelli de Castelfranco and sculptor Giacobbo Sansovino. Well, the inevitable happens as Luzo falls deeply and I would rather say insanely in love with his friend Giorgione's lover, a woman named Cecilia. Devastated that he cannot have Cecilia, he commits suicide in the Palazzo. It's thought that his restless soul wanders throughout Palazzo Zafo, mourning the love that never happened. And supposedly, 
sometime in the 1950s. A woman, she's brutally murdered in Zaphos. She's dismembered and her cut-up body is put into a trunk and thrown into the lagoon. She was found several years later. And now, I say supposedly because besides the pages regarding the Palazzo mentioning this murder... I cannot really find any other articles regarding this supposed trunk murder. And you think that would made headlines, you know, dismembered woman, you know, it's just that would have made headlines. You think that there would be some sort of track to that murder. So besides being cursed, people have experiencing hooded apparitions wander throughout the property. Some have heard strange, unexplained sounds such as Gregorian chants. The final stop along our Italian route is a little further distance than the other two, 83 miles or so away, Orto Botanico Camuno di Luca, located in Luca, Italy. The botanical garden was established in 1820 by Marie Louise, Duchess of Parma, and Napoleon's second wife. This location is thought to be a former burial site for executed prisoners and unfortunate plague victims. Orthobotanico comes with the legend, and it has to do with a beautiful woman named Lucida. And at a young age, Lucida, she marries Vincenzo de Versi. Early on in their marriage, Vincenzo is killed, leaving her an extremely young widow. She next will marry an extremely old and quite wealthy man, and no, it's not Woody Allen, (laughs) named Gaspar di Niccolo Manzi. He comes from a family that is well known in the silk trade. Lucida is a very material world woman. She expects everything and everyone to come to her. She is all about looks. Rumor is that in their home, Via Manzi, There was a room dedicated to mirrors so that she can go in and admire her beautiful, breathtaking good looks whenever she damn well pleased. Beauty cannot save her from death as she is said to have died in 1649 due to the plague. Now legend is is that Lucida was more than just a beautiful woman. She was a cold-blooded, sadistic serial killer who took full enjoyment and pleasure in murdering her lovers after she got what she wanted from them, gifts and sex, and throwing them in a ditch that was filled with swords and daggers. Word is, one morning, she woke up and looked into one of the many mirrors where she sees the tiniest of wrinkles, or what's the beginning of what she thought to be a wrinkle. For a woman like Lucida, (laughs) this is the worst thing that could possibly happen. God, please take a family member, take a beloved pet, but a tiny wrinkle on my face? Oh, hell no. She could not get over the fact that she was not perfect anymore. How could it be this woman now had a flaw? Like, oh my God. Now remember, this was centuries ago, long before cosmetic surgery was even a thought in someone's head. She did the only thing she could think of. She makes a deal with the devil. 
She has a meeting with the devil, and he offers her 30 years of youth and endless beauty. For this generous gift, she is to give him her soul when she dies. Young and dumb, she quickly says, Yes! Yes! A thousand times! For three decades, she enjoys her life, having lavish parties, living the life of luxury, having plenty and plenty of gorgeous young lovers, and all the while staying breathtakingly beautiful. The 30th anniversary, it said that the devil approached the woman and dragged her all around the wall of Luca while riding a carriage of fire, then sunk into the large lake that would later be part of the botanical garden. According to legend, if you stick your head in the water, go ahead, do it, you'll see her. Stick your head in there. That's right. You could see Lucida at the lake's bottom. Her face, well, she's sleeping. It's said that on the night of a full moon, when it presents itself at its most of glory, you can see the carriage of fire dragging Lucida to hell. The whole time she is screaming and fighting all the way down. And if it's true what she is said to have been, a sadistic serial killer who killed many a people in her life, she deserves just that. Her apparition has been a scene at the Villa Mansi also. Did you enjoy this week's episode? Yes! Listen to the others, you guys. They're equally awesome. Haven't heard every single damn one yet? What's wrong with you? (laughs) Just kidding. No need to cry. You can binge listen right now by heading over to any of those podcast platforms like Deezer, CastBox, Overcast, Spotify, Podbean, Podcast Addict, wherever you may roam. To listen to your other phantomly amazing podcasts, you'll probably find Paranormal Paralysis Podcast lurking in the background, my lovelies. This week's special city shoutouts go to Farnborough, England, Malvern, Arkansas, Eagle, Colorado, Lewiston, Idaho, and Hialeah, Florida. Thank you so much, guys. It's absolutely appreciated. Come back, check out next week's newest episode released every single Monday. Have an idea for a future episode. Experience something in the paranormal realm that you'd like to share. Too shy? Want me to read something? Keep anonymous? I could do your voice changed? Hit me up. You could be a new guest on a future episode. Message me via Facebook under Tessa Morrow or email me at paranormal.prowlers.podcast at gmail.com. I will see you next week, my friends.